Error, and uh, we will all be taking part in that. Um, great memory verse, really good. Okay, thank you. Um, so, we are going to be um, working our way through our next little message. Um, we took a break over the last couple of weeks from this, but we are back this week with another postcard. So, um, if you've missed any of this so far, we've been doing a, uh, a little series on Hebrews 13, which is called uh, Postcards from Italy, and uh, we named each of our talks after a song. And so uh, this morning's uh, title is uh, on the subject, the song title of Heroes. And uh, so you will notice that from my outfit, I am slightly dressed as a hero. I'm giving a little nod to Clark Kent. And uh, this was as much as we were going to go for. I wasn't going to go for the whole leotard, pants on the outside, cape kind of thing. That might have been a bit too much, uh, even for me, on the internet. So... Um, we will leave it there. So we've gone for Heroes. You remember 1977 song by David Bowie? We can be heroes just for one day. Remember? No? Or we can go for the 1993 classic by Mariah Carey. And then a hero comes along. Yeah? No? Okay, or we can go... Hang on, I've got another one. We can do the 2001 Enrique Iglesias hit. I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> That's enough singing from me. Um, uh, but yes, so we've gone with heroes. So there we go. So let's just have a quick look at this verse. This is Hebrews 13, verse 7. This says, Don't forget the example of your spiritual leaders who have spoken God's message to you. Take a close look at, their, at how their lives ended and then follow their walk of faith. Now, in our house, we love movies. And uh, we're coming up to Christmas, and we are getting into movie season. And um, we love uh, action hero movies, we love war hero movies, and we love superhero movies. Hence the um, Superman nod. And um, now, when we think about superheroes, there is often something on the inside of them which enables them. There is something on the inside which propels them forward into action. And so um, if you think about Iron Man, Iron Man had his arc reactor, do you remember? And if we think about Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker had the force. And then we also have uh, Bruce Banner or the Hulk who had gamma radiation poisoning. Um, okay, not so good. But anyway, um, Paul, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians... Chapter 4, that we too, each one of us, have something on the inside that propels us forward. He says this, I love this, this is from the Passion Translation, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. That's a really good verse, isn't it? And that is what's happened to us. That's what's on the inside shining out of us, each one of us. Um, you may not this morning feel particularly heroic. Um, don't worry, you don't need to feel heroic. This is about believing. This is about intimacy with Jesus. This is about us 
gazing on him. I wonder when was the last time you just gazed into the face of Jesus? Whatever that means for you, whether that's worship, whether that's just resting in a promise of who he is in scripture over you, when was the last time that you did that? He goes on in uh, verse 7, he says, We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within, so that, not the, uh, so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. So this is an internal reality, this glorious treasure within. But externally, things can be tough, can't they? Um, we can find ourselves going through hard or unsettling times. Either personally or with loved ones, we can go through tough times in terms of our relationships or our finances or in the church or even with world events. 2020 has been a funny year, hasn't it? Strange year, not the year that we were expecting at all. And uh, so Paul goes on in uh, verse 7. He says, though we experience every kind of pressure... Uh, sorry, verse 8, I think. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. I love those boxing analogy verses that they drop in there. We're knocked down, but we're not out. Quitting is not an option. Um, so what are we to do when we go through tough times? What are we to do when we go through unexpected times that weigh us down? That verse that we're using this morning in Hebrews 13, 7 says, I'm going to read it again. Don't forget the example of your spiritual leaders who have spoken God's message to you. This isn't necessarily talking about church leaders like us um, today. This is talking about spiritual leaders actually throughout the ages um, and uh, if you flick back to Hebrews 11, there's a list of people in the Old Testament, people of faith, and I'd urge you to read that. People like Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Gideon and David and Rahab. Um, it says in Hebrews 11:13, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised to them but they saw beyond the horizon of uh, the fulfillment of the promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. The New Testament gives us examples as well. The apostles, Paul, James, John, Peter. Um, and then we can look in church history. We can read through church history and uh, revival history. And there are amazing men and women through the ages who have taken God at his word, who have lived their lives, not just started well, but actually run their race and continued uh, right the way through. And, um, and so I, I, there's not enough time, obviously, to kind of draw down everything that folks from the Old Testament or the New Testament or through our church history or even those heroes of the faith that perhaps are alive today. There's not enough time to draw down everything that they would say but there are some verses that I found in Hebrews 10 that I think would echo everything that they would want to say to us as believers in 2020, uh, in Oasis Church, wherever you are this morning. So uh, I'm just going to take us through these verses. Um, and uh, these are verses that are very, very relevant to us. 
Um, they are keys. If you want to make notes, if you're making notes, I would love us to be able to make a note of these four things I'm going to pull out of these verses. These are keys that will help us thrive. They will help us thrive as individuals and they will help us thrive as a church family. Um, and, uh, you know, if we ignore these principles, they will lead us, uh, or ignoring them will lead us to suffer totally unnecessarily um, when we have got some truths here. So, this, I've, I've called these, and these will come up on the screen for you guys at home. Unfortunately, they're not coming up on the screen here, but I called these four actions for individuals and church families as they walk through life's tougher days, trials, opposition, persecution, and pandemics. Okay? I'm going to say that again for the folk that are here in the room who aren't able to read it. Four actions for individuals and church families as they walk through life's uh, tougher days, trials, opposition, persecution, and pandemics. Okay? Now, a couple of caveats. Number one, these are us verses. They are not you versus as you being an individual, okay? Um, Hebrews is written to a group of people. So a group of people have to receive what the um, writer to the Hebrews says and understand it, work it out together. So this is an us context. Um, similarly, uh, your salvation only actually makes sense in an us context, have you realised that? This is an us and them, trinity and people kind of deal. That's what our salvation is. Um, and uh, uh, Hebrews, oh yeah, sorry, it wasn't written just as to individuals, written to a whole group, I've got that, I've already said that. Um, do you know, it's very difficult to fulfil commandments one and two by yourself. Have you ever thought that? You can maybe do one, but loving others... Commandment number two is very difficult to do by yourself, it turns out. So we need an usness to work this stuff out. So Hebrews 10, 23 to 25 says this. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. So, number one, wrap your heart around Jesus. This is a heart issue. This is a heart issue. This is not a head issue. His light has cascaded into your heart. It's your heart that then in response needs to wrap itself around Jesus. He is our hope. And he always keeps his promises. And the result of that will be that we are moved to care about the things that Jesus cares about. We will be motivated by the things that he cares about. Um, number two, let's spur one another on to express love and compassion tangibly. It's not enough to just encourage one another to 
love without there being some demonstration of that? What are we doing? How are we demonstrating God's love to others? And you know what? Our doing, our serving, mustn't come from a place of duty. This is why if, we, if we've wrapped our hearts around Jesus, then actually when we do stuff, when we are compassionate, when we show acts of love to others, it's coming from that place of love. It's not coming place from a place of duty or necessity. It's coming from a place of we get to. We get to love others really, really well. Um, number three, don't give up being together. Don't give up being together. I know it's been hard, hasn't it, this year? We've been restricted. We can't get together in the same way. Even now, those of us that are in the room, we're all at two-metre distances from one another, and we're kind of together, but it's not as together as you want to be, really, to be able to give each other a hug. Um, we have to find creative ways. But we're finding creative ways. You know, just look at us now. We're, <laughs> we're connected, um, and uh, um, we need to carry on doing that. Stay connected to one another. And lastly, number four, be running mates. Be running mates to one another. Um, we had some boxing analogies uh, in, that, um, uh, in those verses from 2 Corinthians. Um, but here we've got sporting analogies. We can be a running mate. We need each other to be cheerleaders. Cheerleaders maybe sounds a little bit um, empty or a little bit, um, hooray, you know, shaking your, your, what are those things called? What are those things? Pom-poms? I don't know. Shake your pom-poms. Um, I, I don't know. But it, it's not that. It's, it's literally being in one another's corners. Let's go back to the boxing thing. You need to know that you, you're, you're in someone's corner. You need to know who's in your corner. That's what it is for us to be together. It's being able to stand alongside somebody else and, and, and say, hey, I'm in your corner. Do you know that? I am with you. Be running mates to each other. Um, if you're in it, I'm just going to run through those again because these are really important. This will shape us as a church if we take hold of these. Number one, wrap your heart around Jesus. Number two, spur one another on to express love and compassion tangibly. Don't give up. Be together even more. Number four, be running mates. If you're in any doubt that the Bible is, um, uh, is unclear about this. Paul goes on in, uh, in Romans 12, 12. Uh, he says this, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who have need, and practice hospitality. It's the same thing. He's using some different words, but it's exactly the same things that we are needing to do. So I'd just like to pray for us for a moment because actually the thing that just felt particularly live to me as I started this message was that first thing about wrapping our hearts around Jesus so I just want to just take a moment just to pray for us and then we're going to go back into worship um, Lord Jesus we want to thank you for your your reckless love for us we want to thank you that you have reached in deep within us and you have brought us to life by what you did at the cross. I want to thank you that you have shone your light into us. You took us from death and you've brought us to life. And not just life, but life in union with you, in relationship with you. And Father, we just want to pray for every single person who is here this morning, 
who is watching this broadcast. Lord, we pray that they now would just take a moment to be face-to-face with you. Jesus, we want to thank you that we are face-to-face with you, eyeball-to-eyeball. We want to thank you that there is nothing separating us, that that curtain that was torn in two has brought us up close and personal to you and your arms are open to us and you love it when we come and give you our undivided attention. So Lord, just pray for folk right around the place that they would feel encouraged to do that, empowered to do that. And Lord, we pray that that would result in all sorts of amazing connections between us, all sorts of ways of encouraging us, spurring us on, as we as a church and church families around, Lord, we, 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 um, we want to thank you that you are cheering us on, that you are more than our cheerleader. You're in our corner. Yeah. Jesus, we know that you are in our corner, standing with us. Yeah. Yeah, and so, Jesus, we want to say to you this morning, Jesus, we're in your corner too. We make that choice this morning. Again, thank you, Jesus. Amen.